Okay, this month we have had the chance to catch up with one of the great stalwarts of machinima, Tom Jantle, whose mantra is about making animation by any means, what he refers to as animation. Our listeners will be aware of the experimental aesthetic style he applies to his machinima creations. And I love the fact that he calls himself animaton on some of his work, which displays, quite frankly, the most incredibly diverse array of approaches to creating machinima that I've seen. It's diversity together with the distinctive style that has become somewhat of a cult phenomenon in machinima terms. I first saw Tom's work in 2007 when his film Cirque du du Machinima won Best Experimental at the European Festival. Um, But his work uh, long predates this, so let's find out a bit more. Uh, Tom, it's great to have a chance to talk uh, to you today uh, and catch up after all these years. And nice to talk without a, a Facebook page there as well. So tell us, first of all, how did you get started in Machinima? Oh, such a difficult question for beginning. Okay, uh, I started with, of course, as every machinimist, if I can call myself like that, uh, with a game that was Max Payne first, if somebody remembered that game. Uh-huh. It was unbelievable for me that some game, that something that is not film, that something that is not camera can produce such a video quality. I was... I was out of my mind. And I didn't know that uh, Machinima exists at all. So so humble me. Uh, I was convinced that I invented Machinima. I was convinced that I was first who who saw uh, potential for video, for filmmaking in game. Of course, after a couple days of research, I saw a whole movement behind it. But that was my beginning. I was a little disappointed that I wasn't first, of course. <laughs> but nevertheless, I continued with, with games. Games, absolutely. And when was this? This is about, what, 2003, you uh, well, I don't know. I don't remember anymore. But uh, yeah, it was it was fifteen twenty years ago. I have no idea. After that was Max Payne two. After that was Half Life two. All these very very uh, friendly for filmmaking. So let's say they, that Max Payne first was really the first uh, video quality of that magnitude in the mm-hmm. in the video game industry. And this very distinctive aesthetic style that you have. How did you find that? Oh, I have no idea how I found that. I think that style found me, probably. I, I don't know, really. I can now talk about Eastern European roots and, and all this mythology, the poetry of puppetry of Czechs, of Polacks, of Slovaks, of Yugoslavian, what I was. So somewhere here is probably the answer. But probably the main reason was was my my uh, belief that animation is is i don't know last magic in the world it is the it is the wizardry it is something unbelievably um, unbelievably potent for anything that goes in your mind and usually in your mind is chaos and animation is perfect perfect tool to make some form out of that chaos and this is my movies that counts. I see. So, um, well, to a, to a question that um, 
Phil was quite curious about in your work. He, he, he. Well, I think all of us have, have detected this kind of symbolism and ab- abstraction that you have throughout your body of work. Where did the the symbols uh, come from, and um, you know how how do you carry them forwards across the body of work that you produce? Uh, I knew Phil will get Phil will come <laughs> up with something <laughs> with, with such an abstract symbolic question. Again, uh, I don't know. Again, like in like in previous questions here somewhere, uh, but uh, maybe, maybe because the way I work on movies. Let let me explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started the movie, I never know how it will end. I have no idea how I have some foggy idea of what I want to be inside, but uh, but I have no idea how it will end, how any of my characters will end. So I have uh, I have obligation to every second to listen to my character, to listen to my story actually, but mainly the characters, and to make them to decide what to do in the next frame, in the next scene, in the next happening in the movie. And this is quite uh, intensive labor uh, mentally. This is unbelievably hard, actually, for anybody who doesn't understand what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You, you, can't, uh, you have to deal with stuff on separate levels of technical, of course, of, of uh, consistency of, of all these filmic rules, story, characters, and so back to the point i think that this symbolics this this abstract little sparks that i'm carrying around in in my movies uh in some particular movie are uh, something like a reminder for me what i'm talking about it it helps me to to carry my own thoughts consistently with from the scene to scene. I know it all sounds abstract and symbolic, but that's the closest I get. So let's say that, uh, for example, in the movie you like, you said you like... Uh, yes, Cirque. Cirque was that, that or, or one other yes. movie? Uh, uh, no, okay. no, that was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, but I think with other movie one, uh, I have a, I have a one fish... Who is who is uh, some yes. ecological thriller? Let's say, mm-hmm. who 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 is carrying pollution around? And my first thought, I will uh, to why to use the fish was my I was very angry against church something. Never mind, I still am, but again, never mind. So as a symbolic for Christian church, I said the fish as symbol for Christian church will be the perfect perfect symbol for pollution of our minds, our politics, our daily lives, our whole lives, about uh, on all planet. So I was carrying that fish from the scene to the scene, not knowing what will happen to my, my, my main character, this some robotic uh, character that was, and that fish reminds me in every next scene what I have to do. With him, with her, with idea, with pollution, and of course, at the end. Yeah, yeah. that's um, that's Ez, isn't it? Is that the one? Uh, um, the, uh, let me just. 
Wizard uh, of Oz. Wizard of Oz, yes. The, the fish incident, yes. The fish yes. incident, exactly. No, right. get one big award for that. And and I have to say, uh, a guy who, who was reading the explanation why I get this award, uh, get it. He get it. I wouldn't believe that he understands that fish is a symbol of Christianity and I was against pollution of the free mind and blah, 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 blah. That guy was Ridley Scott, by the way, but he get it. I was, I was out of my mind of happiness. Oh, Do you know what? I, I had not got that until you just was talking about that. I've, I've seen that film many times and it's only when you started talking about fish that I realized we have people driving around with cars with fish symbols on there. On their cars to indicate that. Oh yeah, yeah. Fish is the maybe mm. the oldest be, behind beside mm. uh, cross, of course. Yeah. So what about the puppets? Because you you use a lot of puppets, and they're you know they're very reminiscent of um, Pinocchio, yeah. and uh, you know the Grimm Brothers type stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But well, I I was thinking before this interview. Uh, and I, about my movies, and I was, I, I have a conclusion that all the time I'm practically making uh, just Pinocchio stories practically in every movie I have, yeah. even if he is not Pinocchio and doesn't call himself like that, it's practically Pinocchio. But this puppetry, puppetry have, have very good reason that, huh. That is not very strong anymore, but I think it so became part of me that I will continue. The reason, first reason when I, uh, first time when I started to use uh, puppetry and not characters, because I hate hyperrealism and, and all this mm -hmm. in, in animation, uh, was after the war in my country. It was one big bloody war, blah, blah, blah. I was part of it. I mean, I was soldier in it. And when I came out, and that was in the same time when I got diploma of film directing, when I was starting to think about movies as my profession and to think about visuals in, in my head, I decided to never, never use uh, the human being as a, as a character, as an actor. That's why I'm not making real movies. Because when I saw it, what people can do with each other, I, come on, humans, go, go to hell. I don't want to do anything with you, not in my work at all. So I promised myself not to use any human character ever in whatever I do. So my, of course next choice was puppet and somehow i continuing because i hooked up of this everlasting pinocchio story that i can continue to the rest of my life to examine and work in, in many different it's it definitely has evolved but uh, it always reminds me of the pinocchio story for sure my ever pinocchio is the story of all stories i don't know this is the real bible actually the the something wooden in that case that wants to be man who doesn't want to be human of our humans who have to deal with all this stuff to become human and in my movie one of my movies uh, uh, dear fairy yes. uh, he, he became uh, uh, he's disappointed so what now okay dear fairy i i became a human come on i want to go back and be a toy because he didn't see anything worse living as a human so i think this is the 
story I could I will continue to explore. I love that film. That was a that was a yeah, very thank well you. This is my favorite film of my movies. So, is it? Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you like that. I mean, the other one I wanted to ask you about was you you have you also seem to sort of revisit Charlie Chaplin a little bit. In yeah, your yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember doing the world premiere of the one that you called the kid. I think it was called. Yes, it's, it's not on your channel though. It's not um, on my channel. No, oh. but do you remember the one with um? It was an old BBC film uh, that you mixed with. Um, mm. I know, uh, of course, I I know that movie, but I didn't know that it wasn't on my YouTube channel. Oh, I think it is on on uh, Vimeo. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so glad that you remember that movie, that you saw that movie. Nobody ever mentioned that movie. It is. Like well, was... I was fascinated by it because you know the way you brought um, Chaplin to life, and and then showed him in that scenario. But then you also destroyed him in it. Yeah, and yeah. That, that was. I was very intrigued by that one as well. Tell me a bit more about that one. Well, yeah, but Charlie, Charlie Chaplin. We don't have to say it. He's genius, of course. But uh, this movie. I still watching Charlie Chaplin every now and then, and I still laugh, and I still can't believe how smart this humor is. But uh, in that time, uh, uh, was that time was the beginning of one of my obsessions. I have a lot, but one of one of those was uh, the the public domain materials. Mm -hmm. When I figured out what amount of of unbelievably good stuff uh, everywhere, I mean, on, online, somewhere, digitalized and, and uh, ready to not just consume, to watch, but to use. Nobody have rights, for example, for the kid. Nobody have rights. So you can use it. And that was my, my I, I, again, I couldn't believe my eyes and ears and heart. Is it believe? Is it possible that I can make a movie where I can uh, say on the on the title uh, Charlie Chaplin and Tom Gentle? <laughs> Charlie Chaplin and Tom Gentle. This time machine. <laughs> this this. I know you 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 asks me probably because of some deeper meaning of the Chaplin or what is happening. He's that. And sorry, I answer in this. No, no, I do Wait. remember that discussion that we had because I remember, um, I remember I was talking to the BBC at the time about their back catalogue of, of old movies and how they could be uh, reused, and they, they were thinking about how they can make that library available to um, people such as machinima um, filmmakers, but I, it, I think it never really went anywhere. And yours was the only film that I ever really saw that um, even attempted to do it. Um, so I was very fascinated by it, really. Yeah, yes, this that, I believe you. The, the public domain stuff are, mm. are unbelievable. I, and I I like idea of of reusing. I, I like idea of 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 some art piece piece of movie in this example is not that i mean this is afterlife for movies come on use it cut part of my movie and use it if you're using good couple of days ago one one guy on youtube did that 
And he sent me the message. Uh, and what I like, sorry, can I tell that it was not part yes. of the answer, but uh, question, but okay. No problem, carry on. He, he used the audio from one of my movies, Crazy Talk movies, movie, just a bunch of head that uh, saying one poem. And, and put even music that I had uh, in the background, so audio completely mine with his different picture, different heads, different stuff. And what I liked about it, it was very well made. If, if it wasn't, I would be mad. But what I liked, he didn't ask me for permis permission. He did nothing. He just made that movie. And uh, later in the on the Facebook page, he said thanks to Tom Yantel. The, he allows me, I didn't allow nothing, but thank him for, for, for getting me, for giving me opportunity to make my uh, movie on based on his movies and stuff uh -huh. like that. And that was beautiful, you know. He was so, so certain, I think, that's the background. Uh, he was so certain that he can use well, that he can use. And he did it so well that some of the stuff I wanted to tell with this, my heads and uh, my idea of that movie, he, he said it better. Some parts are really better. He he gets the meaning and he even uh, makes a step further. So how to be mad about it. And that's what I'm talking about, public domain. I don't want to say that my movies or any of our machinima community or whatever we are, are public domain. But the reuse of something is philosophy I like very much. Well, I think it's 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 great to hear that the work that you produce is, is inspiring others, isn't it? But, oh yes, of course. This was um, so, I was so honoured. It's mm. humble. Well, that uh, so does his work inspire you to try different things as well? Then is that is it kind of a two way process? But yes, yes, actually. But you know, the, this is that I don't know. We are all standing on the shoulders of, of giants, right? So, mm -hmm. so we, we take the part of every. Yes, I I do. I, I didn't have time uh, to check other of his movies at this particular person, but I will because again, it wasn't easy for him to make something that is more similar to my 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 original idea that my movie. So, so I will, I will check a couple times what he did with my movie. Who knows? Maybe I will make a remake based not so much on mine, but based on his movie. <laughs> <laughs> that will be interesting. That's uh, that's what you call recursive, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So. I know some of the work that you've produced over the years has been for competitions. Mm. How does that um, process of thinking about doing something for a competitive context uh, inspire you? Does it does it um, help you develop your approach, or are you are you just sort of using it as a as a, a help to get a timeline to deliver something? Oh, this I love competitions. I love competitions very much. I I can't skip one if I see one. Uh, reason reason why is that uh, with my movies when I'm working on my movies, of course I have too much freedom, and this is I think the curse of everybody who is making some kind of art. 
to hell with freedom. Freedom is overestimated. Just give me borders in which I can find my own way to, to expand the borders and blah, blah, blah. You mm -hmm. know all this stuff. So this uh, contests are perfect, perfect for that. For example, some contests, uh, it is make a movie, make a three minutes movie about spring. Okay, I can make make a 24 hours movie about spring, but let it be three minutes. Let it have uh, one male, one female character. Use that music and use that software, and maybe you can use help of some other software. He, this every competition of that kind uh, give me so much border, so much conditions that I love to destroy, <laughs> to think inside of them and to try to expand them, but to stay inside. And it's a perfect, perfect, I don't know, the, the mind, mind exercise, the skills exercise, everything exercise. And uh, like I said, just everybody who, who can cut my freedom is welcome. <laughs> and do you get a lot of feedback from that process as well and do you use it at all or are you or are you just sort of doing it for you you know bounding your own uh, approach uh, feedback from whom you mean from well from anybody that uh, you know from the competitive uh, competitive process do you get feedback from that or is it just stick it in and and it either wins or it doesn't but yeah but you know uh... <laughs> The problem with with my my uh, mangling with competition is that what I said now, but I somehow always manage to so expand that that borders that at the end uh, uh, it became really my movie, some Tom Gentle movie that everybody who knows my movies expect. Uh -huh. No, so at the end this is just one of his movies. Uh, but again, it, it is beautiful exercise. Some of those movies uh, that I did for contest are, are some of my best movies. So, contest or not, they manage somehow to find what what's good in Tom Gentle's uh, head. repertoire. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the tools that you're most impressed with using now then. I know you've been using um, iClone in your work um, for forever. Yeah. Um, but are there new things? Or, I mean, there seem to be loads of new tool sets around nowadays. But are there new things that you're using now? Or are you sticking to the old old ways of doing things? What What are you currently up to? Well, I'm using everybody that that I can get hands on it. But uh, Icon is is beautiful because it can be used as a sort of melting pot for everything else. So I can most of the time I'm using Unity and I'm using Unreal Engine. Finally, we have free engine game engines out there. Uh, I have, I'm using everything, literary everything, and putting back to Icon to editing to, to uh, finish stuff. That's practically my, my line of work. And uh, what I like the most is maybe this is part of, if I may so, so, say so, charm of some of my movies. I like to use these tools in a way that nobody uses it at all that are not predicted to be used for for example unity engine is beautiful for modeling 
And when, when I say that to somebody who use Unity for filmmaking, he look at me what I'm, I'm nuts. It is, you know, so you using uh, something that is not prepared for as something else and then melting in iClone, that could be a recipe of me. So anything and just turning it around and using it. Just in a way anything, is... really anything. Uh, why not to? As you said, the Charlie Chaplin old movie, of, of course. In Dear Fairy, I use. This is also ridiculous. I use Notepad. I Notepad. I use Notepad for for some scenes where poem is visible on the screen. Notepad in the video making. So everything that we have around us can be beautiful, beautiful source of unbelievably interesting things. And this is to the heart of your animation. Yeah, mantra. exactly. This is this is animation. This is exactly that. And 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 along those lines this this idea I saw where you had said at one point that what you're trying to do is dissolve the boundaries between 2D and 3D and and that also gets to the heart of this yes. animation idea. Yes, yes, yes. This boundary is artificial. It is of course imposed by technical technicality of both worlds but who cares again with animation in mind who cares if something 2d or 3d of course all all what you have to be all, all what for what you have to care is how to melt it unseemingly and with uh, with unseemingly i don't mean that you uh, uh, put all 3d to look like 2d or other way around mm. but to uh, keep the beauty of both worlds in the same time. And this is, again, one of my obsession, obsessions for years, how to have a 2D and a 3D that live together, not killing each other, not pretend to be each other as 3D, often pretend to be 2D or 2D the 3D, but to coexist. And I'm, I'm, on the, I'm the very, very uh, close to one solution, but... I suppose you will have questions, something about future or something. So I will tell you then, not now. <laughs> All right. Well, what, before we get to that, I was going to ask you, you said something really interesting earlier that you, you allow the story to emerge as you're, uh, you know, creating. Do you actually yeah. start with a storyboard at all? Do you, do you, do you attempt to do a, a storyboard? Or oh, a... no, 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 no. Storyboard is my mortal enemy. Uh, exactly, <laughs> exactly because of, because of that process. For example, that Dear Fairy movie. I mm. had a, every, every desire to put Pinocchio through, through many, many things and to make him happy ending on the end. Why not leave your little Pinocchio? You deserve it. Of course, he died at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I certainly didn't want it. But every scene I made it, every next scene, every next scene was telling me more about this Pinocchio, or should I say Pinocchio tell, tell me more about himself. And he literally didn't allow me to to make anything else. So every every scene, and I'm working in the timeline that is that is linear. You know, I make a first scene, then a second scene, then a third scene. I never work economically like I should. So I'm yes, I'm develop. I'm trying to uh, put the story to develop characters to develop they themselves because who am I to interact? You know, they have they continue to have some kind of life uh, on the screen, even 
out of your hand, out of your mind, but they really started to be alive at that point. That's probably some cheesy, I don't know. But they uh, shut my uh, uh, ability to, to be a master. They are the master, they are humble masters, and they guide me what to do with them. So... I, well, I think your your um, style of work is is just such a a unique and and beautiful example of ex. Well, I think it's been in, called experimental machinima, but it's actually just amazing digital art. Really, I think that's, that's oh, probably thank what you. I would thank I would you. Do. I, I thank you very much for that. Uh, in one in one festival in Italy, it was dear mo- dear fairy movie, and some people were crying. Some people were literally crying at the end of the movie because it's got it's beautiful. It really is a beautiful. So, piece. I've, I've watched it so many times. I know on YouTube it's got you know a couple of thousand views and whatnot. I think five hundred of those are probably me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Just continue. Just continue. <laughs> I, I know. I'm sorry about that. Um, okay, so you know you've been in this game a, a long time now. Tell me about how the attitude of um, the machinima and, and virtual production communities have, have, have changed from your perspective over the years? Oh, I, you know probably very well, Phil and Ricky knows also, I, I'm in constant battle with machinima as a term, as a, as a community, as a philosophy, because I never really understood what, what is behind it, what that really means. But I remember when I started with this Max Payne and, and Half-Life 2, uh, this community was was, uh, was nice, sympathetic. Every, every community with, with fellow artists of somebody who is making movies, collecting stamps or anything they are doing together. Of course, they started to like each other. They love each other. We are doing something together, and this is all great and nice. But... Uh, Majority of those people back then was uh, gamers who came into movie world. I was a movie maker who came into game world. So I never really understood the the this this philosophy of making machinima in one engine and be happy with it. I was I always had problems with then. Okay, what that machinima is just a tool. Real time engines are just a tool. It's tool like a pencil, like anything else. Mm-hmm. Don't don't be uh, you know don't be abducted by by that tool. Think with your head. What with that movie afterwards? You you have no copyrights with that. You can't send him on festival. I I don't want to live in this cozy little envir- environment of our friendly machinimist and we are talking about each other movies i want my movie to to have life by his own on some festival somewhere so so pretty quickly uh, uh, i i got in in f- very very nasty debates with with many of machinima authors uh, about machinima itself I started to call him the dead. Machinima is dead. It doesn't exist anymore and stuff like that. I can, I can see why you would say that. I mean, it's, it makes perfect sense now you've described, you know, where you've come from with it, from the, from 
the art side of things. But yeah, but we are making movies. We are not making movies out of the game engines because we want to make uh, game engines usable for making movies. No, we are making movies. Just use it as a tool. And again, this copyright stuff struck me, struck me badly. Really, I was. I think I was sending one Half Life to a movie. I also got some award on Machinima Sam Festival, of course, for that. And I wanted to send him something further, and they said no, uh, uh, no, because mm -hmm. one this major character was practically very similar to character from Half Life Two, Half Life Two, and I said enough. Luckily, Iclon started to to grow up at that time, so I jumped to Iclon. Mm -hmm. So, again, your question was about community. I have no idea. I have no idea, really, who is making Machinima movie, what kind of Machinima movies, what is going on with that. I have no idea. I will, I will gladly be part of it, but as an as a outside figure, not as mm. a game engine you know completely understand that and and well i was going to ask what's next in the world of machinima for your work but really what i'm asking is what are you up to now and where are you going with your work oh that's the question i was waiting for can i can you take half of hour or hour for that answer please please do tom <laughs> it's really great to talk to you about this uh i have i mentioned a couple of times my obsessions I have lots of them. They're coming, they're dying, they're, and so uh, one of the one of the longest one, and it is the most obsessive one. More than three D, two D, more than animation, more than anything, is documentary for uh, in animation. I think I I still didn't see. This is incredible after hundred years. I still didn't see the animated documentary. Of course, we saw animated animation as a base for documentary. We saw beautiful stuff. Some got Oscars, some get many awards. But uh, I never saw documentary that is dealing with animation itself. Mm -hmm. And this is this is my obsession. All these tools we used, you ask me now about it, and we can we can you know mention million of tools. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have a feeling. So take it for granted. You know, we take the Unreal Engine, and we are oh, what a beautiful picture! Unbelievably hyperrealistic. I can put anything in it, and it will look great. Okay, and you are right. You can. Uh, but the engine itself, when I started to discover these engines years ago, what, what is behind it? These uh, mechanics, mechanics of the, of the engine, of the tools, of 3ds Max, of the Iclone even, it started to, to be more interesting that majority of movies made with those tools. For example, you, you ordinary example, you put one character somewhere, you copy and paste it somewhere else. Well, try that with your neighbor if you if you can. So these tools that are behind all that are so lyrical, are so advanced, so poetic, uh, so ready to use, like like little orphans that everybody takes for granted and nobody cares for them. So I wanted to use tools as a story. Oh. And this is tools as a story. Uh, what I said now, the copy-paste, oh, really? 
come on, <laughs> try that. Or with neighbor or, or with, with your wife or <laughs> with your pet. No, you can't. But you can't. And you think this is your, your uh, right to do so. So because of thousands of thousands of people are working on those tools or these mechanics of this, this magic that you s just use to make something that will satisfy your, your couple, let's say now, machinima uh, uh, friends. But no, this is too big, too important to to again poetic tools itself to not be used as the part of the story so finally my answer i'm uh, making documentary big 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 it started to be the 12 minutes documentary but now i'm at 20 or something <laughs> minutes so it's a probably full hour documentary about uh, one character from the game engine unreal game engine Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, he started to think, hey, the, uh, hell, what I'm doing in this engine? Uh, I was, I was, uh, I am part of the game, some game, but he have uh, some some idea of memory, some memory, little little blanks, uh, some sparks of memories of his character, his 3D model that was used in previous game. That was completely other genre and completely other dialogues, completely other everything, completely other psychology, if we can call it like that, of that character. So he started to remember the parts of his uh, uh, previous roles, previous characters. And he started, and he basically, he's practically searching for himself. Well, I was that. I remember how to ride horse from that game. I remember how to make it some chemistry formula from this game. Wait a minute. Can I? What? What can I? Else I can do. So let's let's. It is very simplified, but it's something like that. So he he is uh, full hour continuing to search uh, around this uh, inside these engines inside of these tools even Iclon inside he's going literary behind the menu we see on the on the screen you know or some some other stuff you just click he's going uh, behind is watching what is this doing how to do that how to do that and he's starting to to do that uh, some stuff inside the engines toying investigating those tools and this is story i think uh, a very good story by itself but it is it is perfect for documentary documentary that will deal with tools itself, and of course, on the on his on his pet, he's meeting other characters who are unsatisfied with the roles they have now. But I remember something else. So blah blah. You know, you can imagine what kind of this is very very potent idea, and it's again perfect for documentary. So shortly, my answer finally would be the documentarism. I will think I will go completely into into documentaries because this uh, couple minutes i did already show me that i i can't i i don't have to forget i can't even if i want the poetry of let's say my expression in movies i i don't have to abandon the style i don't have to change anything anything that uh, is making my movies mine as a tom gentle 
could be parts of of documentary movies i don't want to even i don't have to say that uh, big big parts of that documentary movies are my movies because yeah. i'm showing what some character did he was not some game character just the game characters but the movie characters this character you know we are using 3d for everything so uh, it is Practically documentary about this character is practically documentary about my work. It's practically documentary about all this together, all this in the documentary form, uh, celebrating the tools, tools, all this world behind the screen we, we are taking so, so easily for granted all the time. It sounds like a Tom biopic. <laughs> but yeah, I knew it will came out. Uh, th this was my problem with Dear Fairy. Uh, in in some moment, I realized, oh hell, I'm I'm making movies about me. <laughs> so, some some stuff that happened to Pinocchio happened to me, and of course, I have to put because I know how it feels. Uh, so this also somehow started to to look like Tom Tom Gentle about well, Tom Gentle inside of Tom Gentle. I don't know. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, I'm sure there's a metaphor in there somewhere. When are you um, when are you thinking this is going to be released? Oh, this will be released pretty soon. I have to finish with these interviews. I have to, I have, to, I have to finish with some some competition movies. I have one contract with Illusion now. I, uh, it will be finished. It will be finished uh, before the summer. That's that's wow. for sure. Well, I'm sure when it's uh, you have. Uh, sorry, Tracy, you have uh, uh, part of that movie already online. If if you is it the Reillusion headquarters? No, no, no. That was just a joke about them. No, no. Mm. It's a trailer for for my movie. Something coded this way comes. Yeah, yes, that. Ah. Okay. Oh, here it is. Is that the one? Something coded this yeah, way yes, comes. Yes, yes, yes. Jesus, it was years ago. You see. <laughs> You're going to finish this by the summer. I will, because really, the big part is done. Uh, I mean. I'm slightly worried about your sense of time here. <laughs> and you are. You're absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> Year <Listen>, ago. <laughs> I hope that uh, that gives me the right then to chase you about where is this film. <laughs> oh, please, please chase me around 2027. <laughs> 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 yes, but uh, this this is the trailer for that movie. Jesus, a... why why YouTube keep years? Yeah, well there you uh, go. Yeah. It's fully one year ago. As we speak. Okay, virus stuff, you know, life. Uh, yeah, Contest. I know. I know. Um, anyway, I'm sure we need to wrap this up now. I'm sure you need to go and get on with this film. <laughs> oh, 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 yes. Which, which everybody now is really looking forward to uh, hearing more about. And um, in the meantime, Tom, uh, thank you so much for um, taking the time to chat to us on the podcast today. Oh, and, thank um, you for calling me. It's a, you, it is honour. You're very welcome. Uh, I, I'm sure we'll uh, be speaking again at some point in the future as well. I hope Thanks so. Thanks a lot, Tom. As you see, I can speak for a long, long time. 